Did you ever hear the saying, you can have too much of a good thing? You ever heard that? Think about that statement. You can have too much of a good thing. How's that possible? If something is good, how can you have too much of it? Don't you want good things all the time? And obviously the quote I think is referring to variety. It's good to have variety. It's good to have a variety of good things. Not that it's bad to have good things all the time, but it's bad to have the same good thing all the time. I'll give you an instance of what I'm talking about. I am a creature of habit. If you asked my wife or even my family growing up, they would all attest to the fact that that's true. I'm a creature of habit, which means there are things that I do over and over and over because I enjoy them. Uh, it could be something to eat. It could be something to wear. It could be something to watch. Uh, it could be music. When I find something I like, I stick with it. And I tend to not move away from those things very often. Um, for example, pairs of jeans. I must have five or six pairs of jeans, and yet there's one pair that I wear all the time. And the other three or four or five, whatever, just kind of sit on the on the shelf just collecting dust. And it's because I, I, th I find a pair that I think is the best pair. Why wouldn't I just wear that pair all the time? And in my, in my mind, it makes logical sense. But if you think about it, that's not variety. Uh, I just wear the same pair of jeans all the time. And probably nobody notices because they're jeans. But, but I like them. I like the way they feel. I like the way they look. And I just think they're the best pair of jeans that I own. So I'm just going to wear that pair all the time. And I'm that kind of person. I do those things often. Uh, my wife makes this chocolate chip biscotti dessert to go with my coffee. And once I discovered it and how yummy it was, I just wanted that dessert all the time. I wanted her to make it all the time. If I was running out, I wanted her to make it again just so that I could have it with my coffee all the time. I just, I just wanted it every single cup of coffee I had. I wanted chocolate chip biscotti with it. And... You know, after a while, you know, I ate it so often, so many times, I thought, yeah, I could probably use a break from this and, you know, asked her to make something different. So I think there's some truth to it, even for a person like me, that you can have too much of a good thing, that we need variety in this life. And it says, yeah, I think the, another quote is, variety is actually the spice of life. And variety gives life spice. You need variety. You need to mix it up. I had this thought in my mind a little bit today. You know, in Northeast Pennsylvania, we've had like seven to 10 days, it seems like, of straight rain. We've just had rainy days every day for, for a long time. It, I just I can't remember the last time I saw the sun. And someone in my office today said that very thing. Uh, we need the sun. We need the sun very soon. And I think it, um, a lot of people have been sick recently and, you know, it has people kind of down that it's been gloomy and rainy. But as I was walking out in the rain in, you know, to get to my car after work, I was thinking about the rain. I was thinking about how do people live in a place like Seattle where it rains all the time. It rains like every day. That was hard for me to, to think about going, man, I can't imagine, you know, if seven to 10 days of rain is depressing. I can't imagine living in a place where it just rains every day. Um, and then I started thinking about, well, wouldn't it be great if it never rained? Wouldn't it be great if we could just have sun all the time? But then I thought about it and it didn't take too long before I thought, no, that's a stupid thought. Because if we had sun all the time 
and we didn't have rainy days, obviously you would have a lot of droughts. You would have a lot of people suffering because of the lack of water. You'd have plant life suffering. You'd have animals suffering. You'd have human beings suffering. And then I thought, well, that's true. We really do depend upon rain for water. And so it's a good thing that we have rain. But then my mind went to the other thing. I said, well, what if we just had rain all the time? You know, what if we just had a surplus of water? Because drought is really horrible. But again, it didn't take too long before I thought, no, that's a stupid thought. Because if we didn't have sun and all we did was have rain, then you would suffer from the lack of vitamin D. You would suffer from other things. Obviously, depression being one of those things. And that's what had my mind working on this idea that we need balance. We need a variety. We need a perspective, if you will. And obviously, I'm going somewhere with this. I'm not just going to talk about um, things of life and you know physical weather. But it had me thinking about this concept, both literally and metaphorically, and spiritually, most profoundly, is that we need seasons of life. And I'm going to tap into something here really deep, really big, that the book of James brings up. If you have your Bibles, I'm looking at James chapter 1. It talks about kind of an icky word. It talks about the word trials in James chapter 1. In fact, I'll just read the verse I'm referring to. It says in James 1, verse 2, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. Trials. And if you know anything about the word trial, it actually means a testing period. It means to try something to see the authenticity of it. And really, that's what a trial is. It's sent to test you. It's sent to try you. And so James says, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials, testing periods, of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. And I've looked at this passage several times before. I've even podcasted on it before, and I think you can actually look that one up because it wasn't too long ago. But I had me thinking about trials, and it kind of had me thinking about the relationship between rainy and gloomy days and kind of how trials feel in our life. They feel very much like a rainy day. To me, at least they do. Trials feel like a rainy, gloomy, miserable day that you just want it to be over with. But James says you need to have a different perspective about trials. You actually need to consider it joy when you meet trials of various kinds. And this is always one of the most complicated passages because I can't figure out how is that possible? How is it that we're supposed to go through testing trying periods that are supposed to be hard and consider them joyful things? But maybe the way we do that is with perspective. And again, I'm going to kind of flip-flop between um, literal, metaphorical, spiritual, so I hope you can keep up. But again, thinking about the weather, it's not good if you have rain all the time. Um, it's not good, you know, obviously for the plant life. It's not good for the animal life. It's not good for human beings. If all we have is rain, it, it eventually turns into floods. You know, we don't have sun. People suffer for that. But it's also not good mentally because if it's always rainy, you're kind of in this gloomy state. Um, a lot of people are. 
because you just don't see the sun. It just has this 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 psychic, um, psychic. That's the wrong word. It has this um, mental, you know, trial on your on your mind that it just gets you depressed. It gets you down. It gets you. You know, you've seen Winnie the Pooh, kind of like the Eeyore character in Winnie the Pooh, where it's just kind of like, oh bother. You know, everything's bad, nothing's good. That's just kind of what rain does to you after a while. And so if you only had rain, that would be bad. But we don't only have rain. We we have sun. You know, sunshine comes or sunny days where there's not a cloud in the sky. And those days are awesome, you know. But, but rain, too, is awesome. Now, a rainy day may not look like it on the surface, but if you use your faculties and you consider the value of rain and the worth of rain, then rain is quite the gift from God. And if we don't have rain, we're in very big trouble. But oftentimes when you're looking at just a rainy, gloomy weather day, it's just kind of a miserable thing on the surface. And that's kind of what trials are on the surface. They're kind of just a miserable rainy day that you just want it over with as soon as possible because you want to get back to the good things. You want to get back to sunshine all the time. I personally am a man who likes cold weather. I enjoy cold and cool weather way more than hot, uh, humid, stuffy weather. And even though I love the sun, I think everybody loves the sun, I, I prefer cool, cold days. And I've often fantasized about living in a place where it's only cool and cold. <laughs> um, you know, up, up north, living somewhere up north, you know, where they have kind of mild summers and, you know, cool and cold falls and winters. And I thought in my mind, yeah, that's the place I really want to live because I don't want to spend time in the heat much. I want to spend time in the cold. I love the cool. I love, you know, wearing sweatshirts and hoodies and coats and blankets and drinking coffee and not sweating and but you know what I thought as soon as I think about that I start thinking about I don't think I would appreciate the cold as much if the hot didn't exist too in fact you know my favorite time of year isn't really winter it's fall because as a fan of cold weather and kind of a not fan of hot weather I love when the weather starts changing from hot to cold. And I think the reason I love that so much is because I'm not a fan of hot weather. And so when hot weather has been there and is going away and is starting to get cool, I get very excited. It's just a very happy time for me in my life um, when fall starts coming. And this year it was weird. We had like a warm fall, so it wasn't it wasn't as cool. But um, here's the thing I'm trying to say. If, as a cold weather fan, I don't have hot days, I don't have the right perspective to appreciate the cold days that I enjoy so much. Hot days actually change my perspective to such a degree to actually get me to long for cold days. And I'm going to try to work my way back to the James passage here now where it says, count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. And if I'm honest, sometimes I wish there were never trials in my life. I wish it was just ease all the time. I just wish, you know, if we compare the, the weather to, to the spiritual side of life, I just wish it was sunshine all the time. 
I do. I just wish there were no trials. I wish there was no health issues. I wish there were no financial issues. I wish there was no devil we had to fight. Um, and I know there's a place called heaven, obviously, where all of that does exist, and one day it'll be perfect. Um, but right here upon the earth, it's not good for us to have sunshine all the time. And what I mean by that is it's not good for us to have the blessings of God all the time, at least in the fleshly, physical, material sense. It's good for the soul to have trials. It's good for the soul even to have pain. How do we know it? Because of James. We know it because of James, but I think we also know it log logically. That if we don't have trials, if we don't have things to test our faith, A, we don't grow. And if you don't grow, you die. I mean, that's just the simple, um, clear fact of the gospel. That if you, don't, if you aren't sanctified and walking in, in maturity, um, then you're not going to reach where you need to go, which is heaven. But we also need it as a perspective. Because when you go through a trial, and then God removes that trial from you after a said period of time, you are so much more in tap to the blessings of God. At least I am. You know, we have recently, my family and I have gone through a trial. And it's painful. And it's, you know, icky. And it's just a bad feeling. But you know what happens when I come out of that trial and God removes that season of life? It's like my senses are alive. I could start seeing all of the blessings of God all around me. And beforehand, before the trial came, I was just numb to those things. I was just taking those things for granted. But when I was coming out of a trial and, and things started to turn toward the good and the comfortable again, it was like I was praising and worshiping God in a brand new way. I was like, wow, look at all these things God does for me. Look at all these things that we have. Thank you, Lord, for this. Thank you, Lord, for that. And the trial actually caused me to do that, coming out of the trial. Now, the trial itself is painful, and I don't wish for trials, but I'm glad they exist. There's another passage in Scripture, if you have your Bibles, that a person in Scripture had to really come to this understanding himself more than anybody who probably ever existed. His name is Job. You guys know the story of Job, I'm sure. The story of Job, very quickly, is Job is a righteous man. He's a rich man on earth, but he's also a righteous man. He walks with God. And Satan wants to test Job. So he wants to just kind of aggravate Job. He wants Job to basically fall and prove to God that the only reason Job is so righteous is because Job is rich. So God, Satan actually goes to God and asks per permission to strip Job of all his riches, all his comforts, all his blessings, to prove to God that Job is only righteous because he's rich. And so what happens in the story is God allows him God allows Satan to, to basically strip Job of everything. And the only thing Job is going to be left with is his life. I mean, his heartbeat. He's going to lose his family. He's going to lose his land. He's going to lose his health. He is going to be covered in sores from head to toe. Job is going to lose everything in a matter of like a day. And that's what happened to Job. This is an actual story. Job goes from a very rich man to basically the most pitiful man that ever lived. In a matter of day, I mean, he loses his family. You know, all of his family die, except for his wife. All of his kids die. He loses all of his land. Um, and he, he's, he gets very, very sick, where he's covered in sores. And his wife does something very interesting. In chapter 2, she basically, when all of this hap is happening, his wife is watching this happen. 
And she says something to Job that is very shocking. Job is kind of like, you know, going through this all in one, a matter of a day or two. And his wife, <laughs> you know, who is a blessing to Job, of course, doesn't have the right perspective. And so she comes to her husband and says this in verse 9 of Job chapter 2. Then his wife said to him, Do you still hold fast your integrity? Curse God and die. But Job said to her, You speak as one of the foolish women would speak. Shall we receive good from God? And shall we not receive evil? And it said, In all this, Job did not sin with his lips. And I thought about that. And I thought about that recently going, wow. And I don't know if the word evil there is a great translation. Maybe it is. But the way I take that is Job is basically saying, are we to receive the blessings from God and not the hardships? Are we only to receive the sunshine from God and not the gloomy rainy days? Are we only to be on the mountaintops and not to be in the valleys? Is that really what we want from God? Do we want the same thing over and over and over and over? Don't we want God's complete love, the good and the painful? And man, I thought about that going, Job has a right perspective. Job has a right perspective that we even need and should long for God's love in the painful ways. And I know that's heavy, but trials are evidence of God's love, just in a different fashion. When God tries us and tests us and puts us through pain, it's to make us more like Jesus Christ, which we want, which we all would say that is something we desire, is to be like Christ, to finish this life, um, having completed the race, you know, obviously getting to heaven and finishing and reaching the prize, we all want that. We all want the prize. But you have to become to maturity. And the thing that takes you to maturity oftentimes are trials. And so if you're using your faculties and your judgment, you really want trials. You can't do without trials. If you don't have trials and all you have is blessings, you don't grow. And if you don't grow, you die. If you don't grow, you don't reach the end. If you just have sunshine all the time, then there's a lot of things that happen. You don't appreciate God's blessings as much. And the pain, the trial that he brings you through doesn't produce maturity. And Job is basically saying to his wife, are we only to receive one set of love from our God? Earthly blessings, that's the only thing we're to receive from God? Can we not receive also earthly pain for the sake of of spiritual betterment? And really that's what happens to Job is he loses everything, but Job actually becomes a better person through all of these trials. At the end, he actually gains perspective that Job once didn't have. And I'm sure Job didn't appreciate the pain of the trial, but he did appreciate the outcome of it. And just as we're going through this rainy period here, you know, in January, and it's, it's kind of gloomy and everybody's just longing for the sun... Boy, when that sun does come, man, we're going to appreciate it. And even looking at, at the places of the country that have recently gone through droughts, aren't you glad you have rain? Aren't you glad that we have a surplus of water? Aren't you glad that 
we don't have to worry about drought and, and scrambling to the store and buying up all the water puddles and all that kind of thing. And I think sometimes we just need to change our perspective. And God will do that sometimes for us. And maybe that's what he's doing in your life. Maybe he is showing you pain and trials for a couple of reasons. A, first of all, most profoundly, to make you like his son, Jesus Christ. Because pain, fire is the best way to remove those impurities from your life. But second of all, maybe trials cause a perspective within you to appreciate the blessings of God all the more when they come to you. And I know that's happening for me right now as, you know, maybe in our life the trial is changing over from trial back to blessing, from discomfort back to comfort. And I know the temptation for me is to always want comfort all the time, always want ease all the time. But if I really use my mind and my heart, that's not actually what I want. I want to become like Christ and I want a proper perspective on this earth to love God on the mountaintops and in the valleys, to love God if it's in sunshine or rain, to love God if he's blessing me with earthly blessings or if he's bringing a trial to test me and to grow me through pain, through fire. I hope that's an encouragement to you. Uh, maybe you're going through something right now that's very hard, very difficult, and you just want it over with. And I understand that. I I've understand that completely. But maybe you can look in, into the book of Job, maybe you can look into the book of James, and maybe God can change your perspective. And maybe if you're in a trial right now, you could do something you're not accustomed to doing. You can worship God. You could praise God. You could thank God for his multi-layered love that is both blessing on this earth and hardship on this earth for the sake of actually betterment and eternity. Thanks for listening.